Our epistle today is from that of the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Corinthians and reminding them of what the things uh, our ancestors had done before and experienced before. The, the, the particular lesson begins, these things came to pass as examples to us. And what he's referring to is the, the, the first portion of, of that particular chapter in the letter to the Corinthians is calling to mind the people of Israel as they're wandering in the, in the 40 years of the Exodus. The people who, who, you know, they go out into the desert and they've, they've seen miracles from the hand of the Lord, right? The, the Passover meal has been, has been, you know, eaten for the first time and the firstborn of, of all who have not partaken it have passed then there is, you know, the, the plagues came and they're washing, you know, walking through the Red Sea and all these marvels are taking place. They've seen incredible, incredible things. And yet they get out into the desert and within a few days' time, it seems, are immediately inclined to go back and go back to their slavery because, you know, we, we had full stomachs back then. Those were good times. I'm kind of hungry, not really happy about that. And so they begin to, to stray from the Lord very, very quickly. We know that you know, they go up and, and you know, Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. He comes back down, and they've fashioned for themselves a golden calf, and they're worshiping it. They have indeed gone astray, and that was just the start of the journey. That it wasn't even to the, that was, that was year one. They had 39 more years where they fell away from the Lord continuously time and time again. And so in the end, none of them saw the promised land, but simply passed away in their, in their journeys, in their wandering. And so these are the things that St. Paul is invoking, the memory of, of the people of that generation, of those people in the 40 years who did all of these things wandering from our Lord, and it cost them greatly. Those who suffered, those who died, 23,000 at one time, he indicates. And the various, the various you know, illnesses and diseases and, and trials and sufferings that they endured, all of these things, because of their hardness of heart, because of their, their inclination towards and commission of sin. And so setting that before the Corinthians, setting that before their mind, calling it to them, is simply an encouragement not to fall to the same trap, but to trust in the Lord and to turn to Him in times of need, in times of trial, in those times of temptation when they do arise, where the heart might be inclined for whatever reason in this earthly life, away from the will of God and towards sin. And so this is the, the encouragement that we're given today, is to know that we will not be tempted beyond our strength, namely the strength of Christ, because it is His strength, really, that we must rely upon in the midst of our trials or temptations. It's His strength that we must call upon and to lean on to know that we are able to be successful in battle, that we can be victorious in all of the wars waged against us by the evil one and his minions. It is for us to turn to the Lord with great confidence and with great trust. And it's important to do this as quickly as possible. The saints of the church, especially St. Ignatius of Loyola, would call to mind the fact that whenever the devil comes to tempt us, we are most, most frequently victorious at the outset of things, right at the beginning. When the first thought comes to mind, it is then that one ought to put forth all of one's strength, all of one's, all of one's effort, all of one's will, relying upon the Lord to be able to, to free oneself from the temptation, from the trial. It's at the first moment of inclination. This is a vital moment. Because the, the reality is that there's, there's a systematic 
thing that happens within the human mind and human heart as regards temptation, and the devil knows it. He is very crafty, and he's been doing this for quite a long time, seeking to, to pull us away from the good Lord, he who would seek to devour us. And the first of the things that he does is he suggests something to us. He suggests a temptation. He never, he never simply kind of throws it all in at once. Kind of just raises a thought, raises a question, a bit of curiosity in the human heart. And then one begins to consider the thing. Hmm, I wonder. And then this, this initial suggestion of the evil one often will then lead to, if not immediately fought off, will lead to pleasure, the taking of pleasure in the thing. Because the devil's not a fool, he would not tempt us to do something that's unpleasurable. The devil doesn't tempt us to, you know, I dare you to eat a whole bunch of broccoli. Right? I've never had that temptation personally. I would love that I would. Would that those were my temptations, right? Usually it's something else like, eat the whole thing of Oreos, the whole bag of it. Don't hold back. That's the other end, right? The devil always tempts us towards something that's pleasurable. And as soon as we, if we don't, if we don't cast away the first suggestion, then it begins to become something pleasurable in our minds. And then we start to go, hmm, that would be nice. That would taste good. You know, I am kind of hungry. It's been a rough week. I deserve a couple of Oreos or a couple of packs of Oreos. And one starts to think about these things and to take pleasure in it. And then the next step is, let's do this. And then one consents. This is the fact is that we must stop before we get to consent. Because consent is the part where sin happens. Because the first part, you know, where the, the suggestion comes to mind, the temptation comes to mind, you know, we may ponder on it for a moment and, and take pleasure in the thing, but it's whenever our will consents in moving towards it that we have fallen. And at that point, the will is already clearly proceeding. And so this is the, the fact of things, is the temptations come for us. None of us can escape temptation in, in, in general. All of us, you know, being humans, we are tempted by things in this earthly life. And so it's for us to ensure that as soon as we have the first thought, the first inclination, and we realize, you know, that's probably not something I ought to do, to ask the grace of the Lord, to ask Our Lady's help, to ask our patron's help, to ask our guardian angel, whatever it is that we invoke from the heavenly powers, to call upon them and entrust ourselves to them, to renounce the thought, to cast it away, and simply to choose Christ. And if we do it at the first, there is victory, and it is quite easy. At the first thought, we can very often shrug things off. But when you start to take pleasure in it, when the mind starts to, to think about how delicious it will be to eat a whole entire thing of Oreos, or whatever your particular vice might be, whatever it is, as soon as one starts to take pleasure in it, you start to long for it, to desire it, to thirst for it. And then you have to have it. If we give in to those things, again, the devil very quickly will win. He doesn't always start on the end of where ex excess or sin is. He often will start with a little thing, 
a little curiosity, something that's not sinful, but maybe just not the best idea, a lesser good, some small thing, anything that he can do, that we know that is not what Christ would have us do in that moment, he will enjoy and take advantage of to seek to lead us away from him. And so it's for us in those moments, in those times of temptation, to turn again to the Lord and to know his strength, always to know his strength. Because the fact is, there are times that temptations will come to our hearts, that will come to our minds, and will be tempted and tested in great ways. Sometimes they are small things, but oftentimes, whenever the weight of, the, of, of life bears upon us, when the heaviness of the cross weighs upon us, when sufferings are great, when anxieties are many, when stress is intense, when all of these things may begin to weigh upon the mind, the heart, and the soul, it is then that, that things can be very, very difficult to resist. But it's for us to do so with all of our strength, not to simply do it by sheer force of will for oneself, but rather to turn to the Lord and to beg for His grace, to beg for His strength, for his goodness, for his love, for his ability to, sol- to, to follow the will of the Father rather than to follow our own. In so many ways, simply to say, thy will be done. Thy will be done in me. As we offer this Holy Mass, it's for us to pray the grace to exactly do that, that the Lord God gives us the strength I always love the, the novena to Mother, Mother of Perpetual Help that we pray on Tuesday mornings. Is, is the, the prayer always uh, is a, a part of the prayer, and I'm going butcher to the, butcher the phrasing because I didn't write it down in front of my face here, but it's something to the effect of, of a sadness that we, that we lament that in the moment of our testing, in the moment of our temptation, that we may forget to call upon her. We may forget to call upon her. And so it's a prayer in advance. Don't let me forget to call upon you. Don't let me forget to, call, to cry out to you. Remind me. Pierce my blindness. Pierce my deafness. Touch my heart and allow me to remember that you are with me, that you are my strength and my consolation and my joy, and to be able to invoke the heavenly powers and to know that with them there is victory, there is peace. No matter the immensity of the temptation, or the difficulty of the trial, nothing is more powerful than God Himself. And it's to Him who we are able to receive today in the gift of this Holy Eucharist, that He may be for the nourishment of our body, the strengthening of our soul, and the salvation of us unto eternal life.